Awesome. So welcome, everybody, to the Money, Power, and Influence podcast. I'm your host, BC. I'm here joined by my brother and mentor, Arash. This is, I believe, our sixth episode now, and even uh, more than usual, I'm even extra excited today. I know every episode gets better and better, and we keep dropping bombs for everybody. So uh, what's up, Arash? How's everything? Brother, um, well, you know, I released my new product. Let me do this. I released my new product called The Seventh Seal. And it goes on sale for 24 hours for $97. And there's a premium package for 127 And I think it's very relevant to this phone call, money, success, business, what we're doing. So everybody should know that uh, the first time I released a product, which was four months ago, in 24 hours, my sales were 29 sales. And the last, so that's $97 a sale. Let's do the math, see what that is. And the last time I released, which was last month, uh, in 24 hours, it was 104 sales. You could do the math. That's 10,000 overnight. And again, that's not anything compared to big guys in the game. But, I don't mean the game, like the game of life. But we're looking at growth. And I'm patiently waiting. <laughs> in five hours, the 24 hours will be done. And I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm kind of just looking at a little bit. I don't want to, I want to surprise myself. Uh, but we're on track. We're on track again to do our highest ever. And I think what everybody needs to understand is the amount of creation, effort, and giving people a, a product that's going to blow their fucking mind. I mean, the, uh, right away when someone purchased it in about two hours, I got a testimonial on Facebook, and the person was some, said something like, I just listened to the first lecture, and it completely blew my mind. I shared it. And what it does is it gets me excited for my next product. I'm going to beat this product again. And so I'm really excited about this phone call because I'm literally in, the, in it, you know. I've always said if you're going to go study from somebody, study from the people that are doing it. You guys are catching me in a moment where every, I don't know, maybe 10 to 20 minutes, uh, my PayPal is ringing. And uh, we can talk about how that goes and where it goes, and, and I'm going to beat it again, and next month I'm going to beat it again. And when you talk to me in a year, I would have kept beating it, and that's what I do. I keep beating it. I don't know how that sounds, okay? So what's up with you? VC, I'm basically just beating it. What are you doing? That's awesome, man. You know, I love hearing that because uh, recently in the last couple months, I've really embraced the whole uh, social media and online platform for creating my own products. And um, I'm smiling as you're sharing your success because I'm seeing my sales increase more and more and more and more. And this whole social media and online aspect isn't even my main source of income. Real estate is. So if we're going to be growing this and growing my real estate company simultaneously, it's, it, you know, I, I really feed off your excitement even more because I feel like a kid in a candy store that just keeps getting more and more and more and I'm getting things. So um, it's awesome. Uh, and I wanted to, there's one thing I wanted to cover today, but I really love that you brought up the product. And I know there's some people here on the podcast that are newer to sales, and it, I love what you do, the fact that you release it for 24 hours at 97, and then you increase it um, after 24 hours to 297. If, if you could, in a nutshell, maybe explain that to a rookie who has no idea about sales, that exact strategy that you're using, how would you explain it to them? Well, it's through trial and error. I've been in business for a long time. And what I do now is when you release a product, you have to – there has to be a reason why people should purchase it now. And you've got to answer this. Like if somebody's in front of you 
uh, about to sign up for, for, let's say, I have my own gyms. They're about to sign up for a membership. They could always say, I'm going to go and think about it and come back. And that's a valid, that's a valid answer. Go and think about it and come back. But what you want to do when you present the offer to somebody, and this has to do with seduction. This is all picking up women also and, and dealing with men. I mean, this is not, seduction is definitely not for men and they're picking up women. Seduction is for women. Women are the seducers of the world. And what you want to do is when you present somebody with that moment of opportunity to buy it now, buy it now, there has to be a reason that if they click the button now or if they accept your proposal now is better than two days from now or tomorrow, they can always come back and purchase it then. So, for example, you're going to go buy that car and you're going to go buy that purse or you're going to buy those shoes or buy that watch or whatever it is, and as you're walking out or as you're about to make the decision, the person says, tomorrow, this watch will be doubled in price. And you're like, what? <laughs> and you look back and there's a visible uh, line of watches that have doubled in price. Only for the first 24 hours can you get at that price. So for myself, I've been in business long enough to see people wait. Oh, you know, and you know, I have a diamond mine program. I just One of the guys who bought it today said to me, uh, man, I, I really got to get on this diamond mine now. I just bought the seven seal. And I'm in six months of diamond mine. He's, he's 100 and something videos behind. And they have this idea, like, we could just wait. If there is no, listen, here's the point. If there's no consequences to waiting to get your product, then people are going to wait. And when they wait, that money that was going to go to you is going to go to somebody else. So business has to have this urgency behind it that if you purchase it now, I will reward you now. And if you don't, it might be here, but guess what? You missed out. So there will be people who will miss this release, and then they'll see the results of, of, uh, of people's successes. And when I'm about to release my next product, you better believe they'll be in line get ready to go because they're going to want to get the 97. It's going to burn their ass to pay double the price, you know, and they will. People will still buy it because there will be people who will know of me in 15 days from now that will come across me worldwide and they'll see the product and they don't know that it was $97 for the first uh, 24 hours and they'll get it for 197 So the strategy is simple. When the prospect is in front of you, and they're about to make that decision, it's that moment of decision, there should be a major reward for deciding right then versus i got to go talk to someone, someone come back. That, if they can do that, then there is really no need reason to buy it now. So that's the strategy I use. Beautifully said. Uh, I love that. And I love that he also said uh, he's been in business in a while. It's been trial and error. You see, a lot of the stuff that you guys learn and that you come across there's an element called experience that you have to you have to go through experience to learn it. I remember learning some techniques um, regarding sales with with some of my mentors when I started, some of the local agents here, and some of the guys I watched online. And I would have to make tweaks. I'd have to try this and try that. And it's never it's never like the first time that you're going to figure it out. It takes time. And he's been in business a long time, as you've heard on the other calls. And it, 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 once you figure it out, it's beautiful. And it's like all all of this. All of this work, all of this hard work, finally, you start reaping the, the benefit from it, right? And it, it's taken. It's like a, if you can think of like a blacksmith forging a sword, and he heats it up, and he hits it, and he has to heat it up again and hit it again, and he's constantly, uh, you know, adjusting it and making it better until one day, boom, it's done, and it's perfect. Now that same piece of iron or metal is a sword that can kill hundreds of people, right? 
So I, I wanted to shift a little bit here, and a, a topic that has brought up to me a lot and that I see, uh, when a, especially when we're talking about influence and persuasion and business and sales, is a lot of people just flat out don't understand <clears throat> that when you communicate with somebody, you have to really know who it is that's either on the phone, on the other side of the phone, or who's sitting or standing in front of you. What do I mean by that? Every person that you bump into, at least uh, I'm going to share my experience and kind of hide how I do it, and then we can hear Arash and his philosophy behind it. Uh, I basically categorize people, <clears throat> most, most people I do business with, into four categories as far as like a personality type, because your ability to... I call it being like a chameleon. Your ability to morph into the person who's in front of you or on the other side of the phone and be like them is going to allow you to influence them even on a more deep level, right? Because people in general, we like people that are like us. If you go out, right, and you're more of a high-energy person, you, you're, you're a lot more enthusiastic, and then you come across somebody who approaches you who's very low energy and not like you, I mean, there's kind of like a wall and there's some resistance there versus somebody else. That's why when you go to a concert, everybody's up and jumping, everybody gets along because they're all in that moment, boom, they're on the same wavelength and frequency and they're all meshing and getting along versus outside of there, if their personalities are completely different, they're not going to get along, right? There's going to be some kind of obstacle there. And one of the biggest hindrances I see with people influencing somebody else on like a very deep level is that. So I'm going to give you my system, and then we can get Arash's take on it to kind of see what he does in order to, to influence people on a deeper level. And um, I know a lot of you have probably heard of Tony Robbins and the DISC test that basically tells you your personality type. I do it my own way. I learned this from a coach way back in the day, and it's been very effective for me. So we broke it down into four. There's the driver personality type. There's the amiable. There's the expressive. And there's the analytical. Right? So I'm going to give you just a quick description, and then I'm going to run through them a little bit deeper so you kind of understand, um, and you can see around you, maybe you can put your own self in the category as I'm explaining it, and then I'm going to tie it into a situation where you can really understand how this works. So a driver is somebody who normally speaks quicker, doesn't have too much emotion behind their speech and in their movements, and they're, they're direct. They're very blunt, and they're to the point. Right? They're, they're very, hey, get to the point, tell me what it is, and let's get started. You know, if you go into them and you have a long-winded story, they're going to not pay attention to you and they're not going to want to talk to you. Right? So if I can give you an example, uh, when I went to go buy my car, I remember the, the first dealership I went into, it, it was hell. I mean, uh, they called this, quote, super-duper salesman, and the guy, I'm, I'm going to make a long story short, but the guy ended up talking to me for like an hour and a half before we even sat down to talk numbers about the car, and after five minutes, I completely tuned him out, and I wanted nothing to do with him. So by the time it, it, it came down to even talk numbers, I left. I told him, this guy's the worst salesman I've ever talked to. This has been the worst experience of my life. Like, I'm out of here. And it was simply because he didn't recognize that I'm a more of a direct and to-the-point type of person. I was ready to buy the car right then. I had the money. I was qualified. I literally said, I'm ready to purchase this car. And he said, oh, no, you know, we've got to check it out. We've got to sit in it. This long-winded conversation when I didn't want to hear any of it. I just wanted to buy the car, right? So I would consider myself overall more of a driver because I'm very direct and I'm to the point, especially when it comes to business, right? Next level, you have the amiable. 
If I can give you a, a visual of the amiable, it would be the sweet old lady next door who's very soft, speaks slowly, wants to give you a hug, wants to chat you up, wants everybody to feel comfortable and feel good. Another example of that is when you go and you eat with your family or you have a, you know, 10 people at a table, you know, the one aunt or the one mom who's constantly looking at everybody else to make sure their plate is full, that they have a, you know, a drink, that, that would be an amiable, right? Now, the last two, the first is the expressive. The expressive, I love being expressive. You know why? Because if I ask an expressive and I say, um, you know, Mrs. Johnson, let's say her name is Mrs. Johnson, I say, could you describe your home for me? I sell real estate, so that's a qualifying question I use. With an expressive, I could ask her that question, put the phone down, leave for 30 minutes, and come back and pick up the phone, and she's still describing her house to me, right? And, uh, you know, they're more high energy, and they're, they're going to talk your head off, and they're all over the place. They're the life of the party. That's an expressive. Now, lastly, the analytical. An analytical is going to be more somebody like that works in IT, a computer person, an engineer, somebody who's very detail-oriented, wants to know the numbers, wants to know the details. You know, if I'm giving them an estimate on what it's going to take to sell their house, they want to know why I'm charging them a dollar here, $50 here. They want to know every line of the contract. They're very detailed, right? So I've been able to, with this system that I'm using, already know who I'm talking to within a couple words or a sentence or two and cater how I speak to them in order to, like they call it, speaking their language. I'm able to make them feel comfortable, an element that you must have in order to persuade people that you need to make them feel comfortable. If somebody is not comfortable with you, they will not do business with you. That's, that's one of the most important things. Cool? So um, I'm going to pass it to you now, Arash. I know that was kind of long. Uh, you know, I, I want to hear your philosophy or, or if you even do this. You know, I, I, I love hearing it from other people because this is something that I took that really, uh, when I started applying this and really looking at it through that filter, my ability to connect with like almost anybody just skyrocketed and my sales just shot through the roof. Yeah, it's a brilliant strategy. It's a brilliant strategy and it's a, it's a very valid strategy. Um, do I use it or not? I don't use it, but I am totally aware of it and I think it works really well. Uh, why, why don't I use it? I have another strategy and, you know, it's funny, I was thinking about this actually, uh, yesterday and today, it just keeps coming up. I don't know if I believe in the idea of we have gifts or not, you know. If we do have gifts, like some, some of us are gifted in certain areas, mine happens to be language. And so, for me, what, okay, what do I do? I start talking to a person and I pick up very rapidly what their language is, okay, which this part sounds similar, but I I hone in on something, and it's hard to say. This, let's let's take another field so that everybody can understand a little bit easier in comparison. I'm speaking to a woman. Let's say I'm at a, a bar, a party, or a bookstore somewhere, and I, I like her. I think she's attractive, and we start a conversation. As she starts talking, um, it's like a guided missile in my mind. I'm looking for something, and I find it very rapidly in the way that she talks, in the way that she responds to what I'm saying. Once I locate what that is, it's very interesting. What I do is I speak in a way which if, this is the first time I'm actually sharing this, if you were to listen to a really nice poem by a very high-level poet, 
Edgar Allan Poe or Shakespeare or you name your your uh, William Blake whoever whoever name your name your poet. Uh, if you were to listen to a poem, it would create a certain brain level activity, and that activity creates a certain sensation in the body. I speak like that. Okay, now this doesn't do anybody any good, but this is the way I do it. And uh, in fact, it's so much that when I'm around people, and even on this phone call, um, I try to hold back from doing it because it is such a high level of influence. It's like you're listening to a fantasy tale, or you're listening to you're watching a the most incredible movie, or listening to a, a symphony of, of music that just you, you have to stop and listen. That's all you got to you just got to listen. So I. I start the conversation with client or whoever, and I look for a moment. And when I find the moment, boom, I'm in. I start talking. And once I talk, they, you know, if it was like a cartoon, they would just drop their hands to their sides, their eyes would get really big, and their mouths would open up slightly, and they would stand there listening to me. Example is we were eating sushi the other day, one of my girlfriends and I, and the waitress came up, and she was cute. And... um I said to her, you know, we're just bullshit talk. I'm trying to find that moment, and I find it. And I said to her, hey, um, you would make a great actress. Do you do any kind of art? She said, oh, no, 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 I'm really shy. I, get, I, I, I turn red when I talk to people. I said, how interesting. So what would you do if you could do anything and money wasn't an issue? What would you do? If money was not an issue, what would you do? And she said, hmm, let me see. That's a good question. Boom, there it is. So I moved right in. And I said, hold on, right here. I go, you see, there's a problem with this. And the problem is that I just asked you what your passion was. What would you do if you could do anything in life? And I said, you're obviously older than 20 years old. You're an adult. And the fact that you don't even have that answer readily available, but if I asked you, what, what are some things you hate about people? What are some things you don't like about yourself? What are some things that you want to change that you can't stand? I said, you would rattle off a whole list of things. But when I asked you, what is your passion? What do you live for? Who are you at your core? I said, you have to stand here and think about Okay, now I'm going to stop now, right? When I start talking like this, exactly. She had her arms up to her side. Her eyes get really big, mouth opens up. And she was like, wow, I've never thought about it like that. And I was in. So then I talked a little bit more. And before it was over, her phone number was in my phone. And she will be at my academy this upcoming Monday or Tuesday. And I'm going to sign her up as a student. And she was my waitress. And she was cute. There's also a time that pretty much all of my girlfriends. So... I think that strategy strategy you said is actually better than the strategy I'm saying because I can't explain how I do mine, uh, but the strategy that you said is very accessible. And so everybody should go with that in understanding the way someone talks. Like the way I'm talking right now, if you could match the way I'm talking, we would get along really well. You see what I'm saying? Because the way, exactly the way I'm talking. If you talk with this energy and this passion, we'd be right on the same page. But if you were suddenly talking to me like this and you were like, okay, so I would like want to rip your head off. But not really, because I can match. You said something about chameleon? That's what a great communicator is. A great communicator knows their audience and knows how to match their frequency. Well, I don't know. I kind of just feel like I bragged. Hopefully that was helpful. Oh, man. No, I agree. And, and you, you know, you hit the nail on the head because that that's the bridge that I crossed was, okay, you know, I I have this information how can I package it up and explain it to somebody who I'm teaching for them to understand it? So uh, I really, I'm glad you said that because you took the words out of my mouth and that's 
mainly the reason that I took that model and ran with it is it's so accessible to the average person even coming in because the, the average person that comes in studying sales or influence and all that, um, they're starting at zero. And I have to work with that. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, and this is becoming more and more apparent to me, is, uh, and this is directly tied in with your audience. I remember, I believe I was studying, um, was it Jordan Belfort, the guy from the Wolf of Wall Street, or somebody like that. And I was doing this without even realizing it, but when he brought it up, he said, you must, when you speak, especially to the average person, right? Of course, you're gonna, it's gonna be different case-by-case -case basis at times. But he said, when you're using a script or you have a dialogue with people, you want to use layman's terms. You want to use simple language. And when I heard that, the light bulb went off in my head. Because as I looked around in my industry and other people, I noticed there was a disconnect there. There was people using words, uh, maybe specific terminology that, that realtors use that the average person doesn't understand or salespeople understand and the consumer doesn't understand. And I said, you know what? This even though I wasn't aware of this, I was doing this unconsciously because my mindset was always, well, I'm going to talk to the consumer as if they know nothing about my company, myself, and my product, and I need to be able to communicate from my brain to their brain what it is that I want to say in such a simple and uh, concise fashion that they're going to upload it immediately because I noticed that if you're speaking to somebody – and, and, you know, you want to sell a product or whatever it is, even in a regular conversation, the moment that you say something to them and they don't fully understand it, now the person is 100% in their head trying to figure out that word that you said or what you meant by that, and now it's lost. Now they're not paying attention to what you're saying after that, and it's done. Like if you had any momentum in the influence or the persuasion in that moment, it's gone. And I see this happen all the time especially in my industry, because a realtor will throw a word or a phrase that is an industry term that the consumer doesn't understand, and that, I noticed from that point on, they lost. And now uh, the person's not responding like they thought they would, and, and all communication is broken. Um, is there an element of that when, when you speak to people, Arash, or are you even aware of that? Because I know you are uh, much more eloquent with your words and your phrases as opposed to the normal person, but do you have like a... Um, a filter where you will speak, especially according to who you're talking to, in a more simple language that they understand? Totally. Totally. I mean, you just nailed one of the lectures of the seventh seal by going to that on on a godly level. I mean, it is, I'm going to fucking take someone's brain and, and tear it open on that lecture when it comes to that subject. I originally became aware of this by studying L. Ron Hubbard's teachings, and I realized that when a person doesn't understand a word, they, they don't understand the subject. And this shit blew me away because I was like, how come no one told me this? And it makes sense. In present time, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm around people and they're using terminology that others don't understand. I mean, I am just, I get furious. I'm like, are you an imbecile? How the hell are they supposed to understand? I'm, okay, here's one of these little ones. Here's one of these little ones, right? That's how lame this is. You're talking to people, you just met them, you don't really know them, hanging out, it happens with women a lot. And they're telling a story, and they'll say something like, yeah, and then I went to my bachan's house, and then we were over there, and we were drinking, and I'm like, bachan? What the fuck is a bachan, right? So I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is bachan is, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's grandma, right? Normally it's grandma or grandpa, 
or they're like, oh, you know, I was, uh, we were over there, and then my Oma came in, and my Oma, she has this, I'm like, who the fuck is your Oma? Like, that's a fucking title that runs in your fucking family. My grandma, we call my grandma Mama Niece, right? That's the name, Mama, that, that's a title. And we call the grandpa in my family Baba Niece. But I wouldn't be like, we went to my Mama Niece house, and be like, who the fuck's a Mama Niece? Like, come figure it out. And that's so, it's so tiny, but I hear this all the time, I'm like, and I saw them, I'm like, who the fuck is Omar or Bachan or what? These are some of the terms I've heard before, you know? And they're like, oh, that's my grandma. I'm like, okay, how the fuck are we supposed to know this thing? Do, do you, are, you that, are, you that, are you that ignorant that you don't even understand that we're not in your fucking family and not everybody has the same fucking pet name for their fucking grandparents? That annoys me on that level. But in regards to, like, your clients or customers, you have to be able to speak their language. They have to get your words. You know, this is part of the reason why nobody understands, well, nobody's the wrong word, but this is part of the reason why there's not such a big interest in, let's say, quantum physics or science or mathematics. Have you ever listened to any of those professors talk or philosophy? You know, I, man, I wanted to be a philosophy major, okay? I, listen, I went to college. I, I very, very not, properly dropped out, thank God. But I actually was excited to become a philosophy major at some point. I went through psychology, well, a philosophy in psychology, whatever. But when I got into philosophy class, they gave me this book, Descartes, As a Man Thinking or some shit like that. My God, I remember reading this book and just going, fuck me, I don't get it. Showing up to class and having the most dry, oh, I ended up hating philosophy until... I dropped out of college, I became a deep thinker, I studied life on my own terms, next thing you know, I'm fucking studying Descartes again, and I'm studying Plato again, and I'm studying Socrates again, and I'm studying all of these fucking people that I was just bored out of my brain in high school and in college with, and I said, you know what, fuck those teachers for, for, for destroying this, this beautiful subject, one of the most beautiful subjects on the planet to me is philosophy. And, you know, that's the problem, is they never spoke the language of the, of the students. They didn't walk up to me and say, okay, we're about to start class. How many students here have had their hearts broken? Raise your hand. Some would raise, some wouldn't because they'd be shy. Everybody would have. How many people here struggle with happiness in life? Raise your hand. How many of you doubt yourself? Raise your hand. Is there anybody here who questions the purpose of life? Whoa, okay, now we're talking. And then they would say, well, we're going to study someone named Descartes. And he's going to give you some answers that if you apply to your life, you might actually live a better life and be able to help others. Let's get going. That is a language that I can understand, you see? And so subjects like art and philosophy and science, which are three of the most, if not the most important subjects on the planet, because they're the ones that move society forward, are taught with the wrong language. Even sales is taught with the wrong language. It's getting better now. Sales, marketing, PR, like it just has its own language that nobody gets. And that's fine. It should have it, just like pick up and seduction has its own language. But a good teacher is one who can define those terms and put it in a, in a, in a package that everybody can understand. So, yes, 100%. If your clients don't understand what you're saying, what a waste. If I said to you, look, the product's coming out or it's out now, the seven seal. Sounds pretty amazing. What the fuck is it? If I turn and I said, look, how many times have you struggled with your emotions? 
I'm going to give you a key, a key that once you listen to it, just by listening, you don't have to do anything. By listening to it, it will free you up emotionally in a way where your communication will reach 10 times what it reached before. And until you know this little thing that holds you back, it's in your fucking brain. It's in the neurons of your brain. There's a way that you're talking to yourself. There's a way that you're viewing emotions that is completely wrong. Once you get it, it will free you up to affect others' emotion on a level that you never even imagined. Okay, I'm going to stop. Now I'm defining what the product is a little bit better. Now I'm getting more people interested that wouldn't be interested if I said seventh seal. Seventh seal, what the fuck is that? What are we talking about here? And that's what these words are. People just throw words. You've got to define what it is and speak to your audience. Okay, I'm, I'm out of control today, right? Beautiful, man. And you're still right. I love, I love, I was, I was reminiscing when you uh, brought up the, the portion about college and how the teachers weren't speaking the language of the student because I did the same thing. I find myself years later going back to those same subjects and actually learning them and being excited versus before where I was bored out of my mind and I would just skip class. So. Man, that, that, that was actually, I had never heard that before. That was beautifully put together. And I think that's something that really opened up everybody's eyes here on the call and for any of our future listeners. Um, if you guys have any questions, uh, press star 2 on your phone to raise your hand. Or if you're on the computer, you just click raise hand. I will um, throw in one more topic for us to discuss briefly, and then we'll get to the questions if there are any. Um, the last thing I want to go over, Arash, and I, I know you do this. I, I see you do it and it's very apparent, and it's something I do, which makes me so successful with sales and, and real estate especially. Um, because when, when we're talking about real estate, uh, when somebody buys and sells a house, it's a major life transition. It's not like buying clothes or a car. And uh, a lot of people have this image in their mind that it's like some big obstacle and they're gonna have to scale this huge mountain. And one of the, one of the most powerful tools that I have is from beginning, from my first conversation with them, until I hand them the check at the end or I hand them the keys to the house, I know how to facilitate the process, not only with the actual steps, but in their own minds. And this is something that I do a lot, frequently, and I'm very good at it, which is why we're getting so many clients. And they not only do we get a lot of clients, but they actually praise us throughout the process and after we've created Raving Fans. And if you haven't read the book Raving Fans, this is a free plug for them. Get the book because it's a great, great book. Um, uh, so... Like one thing I do is I know, and you can do this in whatever your profession is, and then I'll pass it to Arash. I take one thing in their mind that could be seen as big, and what I do is through my conversation with them, I take that fear because you can analyze whatever it is that you're selling and say, okay, if somebody's looking at this product or service or they want to buy or sell a home, what are going to be their top two or three biggest fears, right? And what I do is I find those big one, two, three, and most of the time, there's common misconceptions in there of what people were taught when they were kids or what they saw online or what their cousin, who thinks he knows everything about everything, told them. And it's in their mind. It's in their subconscious mind. So what I do, I pick these three things, and through my process, I handle those for them. So now they just disintegrate, and the decision is easier. So this is an element that you must inject into your sales process or whatever it is that you're doing in order to have more success. Because the easier you make a decision for somebody, the, the more willingly they're going to say, you know what, Arash, you know what, Brian, oh, we want to work with you, we're ready, let's do this. And, and they're going to run at you with open arms instead of you having to twist their arm to sign a contract. 
Ross? If you are not handling their fears and objections, then you are bumping into them at moments that you shouldn't be bumping into them. Let me, let me, okay, we're going to take a lesson from uh, the man known as Mystery, the creator of the Mystery Method, and one of my mentors in life and my good friends. And I had a conversation with him one time that really stuck out in my mind. We were in the Sheraton Hotel in Los Angeles, uh, Universal City. And we walked outside together and we sat down on these benches. And I was asking him some questions in regards to uh, the male-female dynamic. And he said to me, uh, we were talking about comfort and building comfort, okay? Now, you'll see how this is related said to him, um, I don't remember what I asked, but I do remember what he said. This was, this was so golden for me because it truly helped me get on another level when it came to socially uh, dealing with people, especially women. And, you know, women and clients are the same thing to me because both are strangers uh, that don't really know you that are about to invest themselves in you and get your product. It's very similar to me, same thing almost. So, anyways, he said to me this. He said, when you walk into an environment or when she comes into your house or wherever you are with her, just look around and remove anything that would cause uncomfort. Just look around and remove anything that would cause uncomfort. If you do that, the person becomes very comfortable. And this is key because all you have to do is look around and ask yourself, what are the things that your customer is going to object to and have a fear of? And once you get that stuff looking yourself, dogs, I don't understand how they lick their own assholes. Uh, once you understand what makes them become fearful of investing, once you understand what makes them object, what you do is you remove those things. So I'm going to give you an example of my gym. Look, anytime somebody wants to cancel their contract with my gym, I will willingly cancel that contract, ask no questions, done. I won't hold anybody. I won't hold anybody to a contract. And I tell them that because when you sign up, don't you want to know? I'm about to sign up from Sprint to T-Mobile, and I'm thinking, how long is the contract? So I remove that. Another thing we, ask, uh, we do is, look, if you want your refund and you paid for something that you haven't used, just ask for it, and I'll pay you back. No questions asked. I don't give a shit. Now, there's a second part to that. Don't you ever step through my doors again, you piece of shit. But, hey, you know what I mean? That's the way it is. But two things that prevent people from signing up at gyms are contracts, and what if I don't train? Then get your fucking money back. I don't care, right? And so you ask yourself this question, what is your product that you're selling, and what are the, the fears that a person would have? If someone's going to spend $97 on my product right now in the next couple of hours, the fear they might have is after spending the $97, it's not really going to be worth the $97. So that fear is easily, easily handled by me showing different testimonials and what, what it's done for others. It's really easy. And if they want their money back, it's always easy. Here's your money back. Once again, you can never buy from me. So I think it's vital that in whatever you're doing, you take a look at the fears and objections that somebody has and you handle it. It just makes you smoother. I mean, that's part of the process of being a great salesman, you know. Uh, you said something about Jordan Belfort. I think I got this from him. I'm not sure if it was him. 
I'm a credit, credit to him anyways. Um, it was something like if you are selling something and it's something that sells itself, you know, like a clerk, you know, someone just walks up and they say, where is the Q-tips? You go, Q-tips are there and they buy it. You're not a salesperson. A salesperson is something, someone who can sell a product when a person walking by doesn't want to buy that product. That person is gold to a business, gold to a business. So if you want to be a salesman or a saleswoman of the highest caliber, you have to start thinking to yourself, you want to sell to the people that object, not to the person who would have bought it from a fucking four-year-old. You know what I mean? That's not a salesman. That's the product sold itself. So if you approach a subject of sales from this perspective, then you start to really amplify your power, as I did with seduction uh, and relationships. It's not just the girl that is ready to go home with any guy and the girl that any guy can get. It was that girl that was in the movies and magazines, the girl that, that every guy wanted, every celebrity wanted. That one, that one is the one I want to understand her psychology and how to entice her and attract her and fulfill her life. And so that helped me really have a different perspective on this, where a lot of guys were, were studying just to get a girlfriend. I was studying to, to be able to attract people like Megan Fox or Angela Jolie, Jennifer Anderson. Those are the people on my mind. Awesome, man. Beautiful. So we've hit the end. I've gotten one question so far, so if there's no other questions, we'll answer this one, and then we'll end it until next week. This is a great question for you, Arash. Uh, the listener asks, how do you become more eloquent with your words? So easy. Study, watch, listen to, read people who are eloquent with their words. It's 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 that simple. It's effortless. You know? Listen, listen. Learning is effortless. Okay? Now, once again, I'm gonna it's, I'm not I'm not plugging it, but I'm not not plugging it. I'm just speaking the truth. One of the lectures in the seventh seal goes through a process with complete effortlessness how you can learn something. I do this all the time. I just became quite proficient using firearms in the shortest amount of time that my teacher has ever seen. And I'm now picking up something else. And how do I do it? It's, it's look, if you want to be an eloquent speaker, go listen to eloquent speakers. Read eloquent books. And it will, it will happen by itself. You know what it's like? It's like a child, especially with speaking. If my niece is two years and eight months, right? Now she's putting sentences together way better than she was when she was one and a half, right? And if she would ask me at one and a half, how do I become a better speaker, how the fuck would I explain it to her besides be around people who speak, try to speak? <laughs> you know, that is how we learn. We learn by observing, watching, and mimicking other people and things around us in our environment. So if you are not reading enough or if you're around people who are not eloquent speakers or shitty speakers, you will be a shitty speaker. But the good thing is everybody has a, a phone now that can get on YouTube and you can get on YouTube and listen to whatever you want to listen to. And uh, in 2017, there's absolutely no excuse for not having the skills that you want in life. I mean, it is so absurd now when someone, has, you know, I, I really want to, you know, I've got to be better at marketing or I wish I could, like, what are you talking about, you moron? Information is everywhere. Put in your time and you'll learn it. So if you want to be a great speaker, go watch great speakers. Go pick, pick up books on great speakers, eloquent speakers. Like, just Google the shit and then 
sit your ass down and study it and apply it. Couldn't agree more. Um, when I think of every category I've entered and had success with, I did that exact same thing. I went and found the best, and I studied them and learned from them, and I modeled after them. That's really that's really what I what I did. So he he hit the nail on the head. Uh, so that's it for this week, guys. Arash, again, thank you for having you, brother. This podcast continues to get better and better. I don't know if I announced it to everybody here on the last call, but we're in the top 50 for the education category, which is insane for a podcast this new. But at the same time, can't say that I'm surprised. Yeah, of course. It was awesome. Thanks for having me on again. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.